Today, on day 19 of the 2023 March Marathon, in episode number 301, all time on the Igloo, the big story, this could be a legacy-defining day for the new Big East, as they could potentially send four of their teams to the Sweet 16. And I'll also recap the day in Big East women's hoops from yesterday as the remaining three teams from the conference competed with two of those teams being sub-regional hosts. Let's break it all down here on the Coolest Podcast in all of college basketball, the Igloo. So let's start first and foremost. On the women's side... The Yukon Huskies taking on Vermont. Yukon continuing their dominant ways. They led 53 to 20 at halftime and cruised to a 95 to 52 win. Vermont never led in this game, and Yukon led by as many as 46. So again, UConn looking like the dominant UConn that we're used to seeing. Aaliyah Edwards, another phenomenal game. 28 points, 7 boards, 5 assists on 13 of 15 shooting. Dorka Juhas, 15 points, 10 boards, and 6 assists for a double-double. 7 of 10 shooting. Off the bench, how about Caroline Ducharme with with a dozen points? 4 of 4 from the floor and 2 of 2 from deep. You had nine each from Lou Lopez Seneschal and Nika Mule. Lopez Seneschal was three of four from the floor, one of two from long range. Mule, three of five from the floor, one of three behind the arc, and added 10 assists. Six off the bench. How about for Ayana? How about this for Ayana Patterson? Six points, three rebounds. AZ Fudd. Back in the starting lineup, but in her first start back, really struggled. Five points, two of ten from the floor, and one of eight behind the arc. I think for AZ, this kind of cold streak, I feel like it's not going to last for long because she's that good. And then you add in four each for Amari DeBerry and Aubrey Griffin. Uh, Griffin only played six minutes. I'm guessing that injury she sustained against... Villanova in the Big East title game. I'm guessing it's lingering. And then Anesh Betancourt knocked down a three. UConn, <laughs> some of these numbers are just absurd. 43 to 19 edge on the glass. They shot nearly 62% from the floor. Inside the arc, get this, they were 33 for 45. That's 73.3%. They forced 14 Vermont turnovers. Only committed six fouls the whole game. Six. Vermont, they made 11 three-pointers on 32 attempts, but inside the arc, UConn really stifled them. They were 9 of 28 inside the arc. Leading the way for the Catamounts, 
14 from Catherine Gilwee. 13 each from Emma Utterback and Maria Michael Boost. Sophomore from Norway. Gilwee, 4 of 7 from deep, 5 of 10 from the floor, 5 assists. Utterback, 5 of 15 from the floor, 2 for 7 from long range, 4 assists. And Mikkel Boost, 3 of 6 behind the arc, 5 of 13 overall in 24 minutes off the bench. Those three combined to score 40 of their 52. Also off the bench, Paula Gonzalez with 5 points. Two of six from the floor and one of four behind the arc. They got a three from Delaney Richeson and then two each from Anna Olson and Ariana Dizon. So Huskies on to the round of 32 where they're going to take on Baylor, who on Saturday... Overcame a 22-4 first quarter deficit to win 78-74. So they outscored Alabama the rest of the game 74-52. That's insane. Now, St. John's, North Carolina. St. John's. Down 29-20 to 20 at halftime. Seemed like they just couldn't get anything going offensively. Then they came alive in the third quarter, and especially in the fourth, as the Red Storm, after going down 46-39, they went on a... They went on a run to actually... take a four-point lead. A 13-2 run between the end of the third into the fourth to go up by four. But then UNC, actually no, it was 54-49, my bad. So the actual run, 15-3 after Daniel Patterson hit a jumper. But then UNC responded by scoring the next... Seven points to retake the lead, and then it was back and forth. Mimi Reed with a jumper to tie it up. Kennedy Todd Williams regained the lead, and then Mimi Reed with a circus shot to tie it up once more. And then Deja Kelly with a clutch and one. Mimi Reed just couldn't get to the spot in time. It's a blocking foul. Kelly gets the and one. Hits the free throw to make it a three-point game. And then things got weird. Daniel Patterson got the inbound pass. And North Carolina was trying to foul while she was still on the floor. To me, it looked like she did. But the referees call a shooting foul. A shooting foul. I'm like, no way. North Carolina might just give them the chance to get back into it. And potentially force overtime. So Patterson goes to the line for three. And she clanks the first. And not only that, she clanked the second. Had to make the third, I guess. 
but it didn't make a difference. North Carolina escapes with a 61-59 win, ending the Red Storm season. Deja Kelly with 18 points to lead the way for the Tar Heels. 7 of 16 shooting. Kennedy Todd Williams with 14. 6 of 12 from the floor and 2 of 3 behind the arc. Alyssa Usby fouled out and was 6 of 13 from the floor and 1 of 2 behind the arc. You add in 9 points all from behind the arc for Eva Hodgson. Off the bench, they got 3 from Paulina Paris and 2 points from Tiani Key. Both of which came from the free throw line and then 2 points from Anya Poole to go with 5 rebounds. Going by the numbers, St. John's 16 turnovers, North Carolina 13. Tar Heels were 6-17 behind the arc, 24-57 overall. St. John's was 6-11 from behind the arc. That's 54.5%. Inside the arc, just 12-37. of 37. Jayla Everett in her final game, 17 points on 4-11 of 11 shooting, 3-5 of 5 behind the arc. Danielle Patterson was huge off the bench. 13 points, 5 of 10 shooting. Perfect from behind the arc at 2 for 2, but costly misses at the line as she went 1 for 3 on that final trip to the charity stripe. Mimi Reed, 10 points, 3 of 4 from the floor, and even knocked down a 3. Scoring's not her forte, but that circus shot she made that tied it at 58, I mean, I still couldn't believe that went down. And then Kadeja Bailey, her struggles continue. 3 of 13 shooting, just 9 points on the day. Jillian Archer, 6 points and 10 boards in 34 minutes. Only 4 off the bench for Unique Drake, which you needed her to produce. If she just gets a few more points, that's the difference in St. John's wins. And then... Raven Peoples was held scoreless in 24 minutes. Eight boards, a couple assists, and only one block shot. So a heartbreaking way for St. John's season to end at 23-9 in a game that, you know, they they should could have and should have had. And then to the fin, Villanova taking on Cleveland State. I mean, Cleveland State started off really well, but Villanova, they woke up and they woke up in a hurry and they did it with a three-point shot. You know, Caitlin Oriole made a pair of threes in the first quarter. You know, Brooke Mullen even got into the three-point party, as did Maddie Segrist, and then Oriole made a third three-pointer in the second quarter. And Bella Runyon also got in on the fun two in the second quarter. But the real fun came with Maddie Segrist getting 22 points in the first half. Which, by the way, put her over the 1,000 point mark for this season. Only five players have that distinction and add Maddie Segrist to the mix. Villanova was doubling up Cleveland State at the half, 42-21. That's more than enough as they cruised to a 76-59 win. And by the way, they were up 29 heading into the fourth, 63-34. to 
Maddie Segrist, incredible. 35 points on 15 of 28 shooting. One of two behind the arc. How about Bella Runyon off the bench with 13 points on four of five shooting and three of four behind the arc. Five assists as well. Caitlin Oriel, those three three-pointers in the first half. Nine points on the day in 28 minutes. Lucy Olson was in foul trouble. Just nine points on four of ten shooting and one of three behind the arc. Uh, Christina Dulce with four, only four points on the day, but 16 rebounds. And she also blocked a couple shots. And then Maddie Burke, Brooke Mullen, each with the three. The Wildcats were right around 44% on the day. 10 of 25 from behind the arc. Meanwhile, Cleveland State held just 4 of 19 from behind the arc and just 34% overall. And Destiny Leo was the only real source of offense. The Horizon League Player of the Year with 25 points on 8 of 17 shooting and 3 of 9 behind the arc. The rest of the team, just 34 points. The next highest scorer was Amelie Naguafang. Just nine points on two of seven shooting, seven rebounds as well. Seven off the bench for Deja Williams, who in the second half was acting kind of like a pest. Face guarding Maddie and getting away with a lot of holding. Drew an offensive foul call on her, which if I'm being honest, she flopped. And then she finally got a call and the Villanova crowd gave her a good old Bronx cheer for finally getting the call. The foul called on her. Meanwhile, five points for Gabriella Smith. Three different players, each with four points, and then you add a free throw from Carmen Villalobos. So there's three players with four each. Brittany Moore, Barbara Zidashevska, uh, sorry, sorry, Zanushka, and uh, off the bench, Jordana Rizma. So Villanova out of the round of 32. And they're going to take on Florida Gulf Coast. 12 seed who upset Washington State. Which is really funny, by the way. You had 0 12-5 upsets amidst all the chaos on the men's side. And you had 2 12-5 upsets on, on the women's side. Kind of crazy, right? College basketball sometimes, you know, it's March. And weird stuff can happen. Some really weird stuff. So as for today, like I said, today is a big day, potentially for the Big East. Got four teams competing today out of the five. The only one that lost Friday was Providence. But all four teams have a legitimate chance to get to the Sweet 16. And it all starts with Xavier, five and a half point favorites over Pitt. Over under, if you're wondering, it's 149. I just don't see that being covered, to be honest with you. Pitt dominated Iowa State by 18 in their first round win on Friday. And they were up 22-2 to at one point. 
Xavier, on the other hand, escaped by the skin of their teeth against Kennesaw State. I think that makes them a little susceptible, to be honest with you. Listen, I had Xavier advancing to the Sweet 16. And, you know, I wouldn't be shocked if Pitt won. I think they can pull off the upset today. But I had Xavier in the Sweet 16. I'm rooting for them. I am. Now, so after that also, I had Kentucky in the Sweet 16, but I think K-State could beat them now. Kentucky, by the way, three-point favorites in the 6-3 game. Marquette, by the way, only a three-point favorite over Michigan State in the Joey Hauser Bowl. You know, I know this is, you know, different coach, different team, but... I know Marquette fans are going to feel a lot of animosity towards Joey Hauser in this game. Because, you know, the departure of him and his brother Sam really put a damper on their potential national title hopes for 2020. I mean, I don't know how much you could have trusted that with Wojo at the helm, but that's beside the point. So I think the big key for Xavier, by the way, I think you can't be digging yourselves a hole like you did against Kennesaw State. Maybe you could afford it against them, but not against Pitt. Pitt's riding a wave of momentum after winning in the first four and then crushing Iowa State. You cannot give them an inch because they'll take a mile this time around. And like Paul Frischner says, Xavier is a better version of Pitt, and they have to prove that. As for Marquette, I think their biggest keys, Michigan State has a lot of balance. Walker and Hauser averaging 14.5, 14.3 a game. A.J. Hoggard at 12.5 a game. I mean, they're really well-rounded. But the big thing is, you got to get them to turn it over, play that crazy kind of defense to make them turn it over, and their three-point shooting is really good too. Got to protect the perimeter and limit the three-point shooting, which I think Marquette will do. That's why I'm getting Marquette to the Sweet 16. Now at 6'10 on TNT, UConn taking on St. Mary's. I thought the spread would be higher. I think it would be like more like six, to be honest with you. But listen, St. Mary's, they're a really good team. You know, they handled VCU pretty, pretty handily. I mean, they got a really good one-two punch with Logan Johnson and Aiden Mahaney. But their lack of size is going to be to UConn's advantage. And they're going to capitalize on it and then some that's why i got uconn punching their ticket to the sweet 16 and now what's become a wide open west after top seed of kansas was upset by arkansas yesterday 
Creighton and Baylor, 7-10 TBS in Denver. Baylor's only a one-point favorite. By the way, Creighton, uh, Creighton's favored by ESPN's matchup predictor. I'm guessing it's not going to lie here. And then Baylor, listen, I could see Baylor winning this game. I really do, because Creighton, they until the last 10 minutes of the game or so, they were locked in a war with NC State before they finally pulled away. I think Baylor might have gotten a little bit of swagger back after they handled UC Santa Barbara, who was probably the most popular potential 14-3 upset pick. I picked Creighton in the Sweet 16. I'm rooting for them and for the sake of the Big East. Imagine if the Big East sends four teams to the Sweet 16. That'll be huge. By the way, please watch the FDU FAU game at 7:45 on True TV if you're not watching, uh, you know, Big East teams in the Sweet 16. This is a Cinderella game. It's going to be a lot of fun. Which, by the way, every seed since the tournament has gone to 16 back in 1985, every at least one team of each seed line has gone to the Sweet 16. Every seed except 16. I think that changes today with FDU upsetting FAU. And then other picks, uh, 8 o'clock, 8.40 on TNT. I got Indiana beating Miami. Indiana, two-point favorite. By the way, FAU is a 15.5-point favorite. And then Gonzaga is a four-point favorite over TCU. I got the Zags beating the Horned Frogs out in Denver. And then women's picks for today. It sucks that both Big East teams that played Friday got bounced. But if I were to make some quick hitter picks, I'm going South Carolina over South Florida, Iowa over Georgia, Notre Dame over Mississippi State, Fatek over South Dakota State, Maryland over Arizona, Utah over Princeton, LSU over Michigan, Stanford over Ole Miss. And, you know, if I want to take it a step further, in terms of the point margins, I got South Carolina by 15 Iowa by 20. Notre Dame by 6. Virginia Tech by 10. Maryland by, let's see. Maryland by 9. Yeah, Maryland by nine. Utah by 13. LSU by six. And then Stanford. And then Stanford by 10. So, that's going to do it for today's edition of the Igloo. Can't believe we've already gotten to day 19. I mean, we got a long way to go in the marathon. We still got a dozen more days. And again, I know that, you know, you might hate certain schools. Like, you kind of, I understand that you hate Providence. DePaul, I understand why you hate Marquette. But hey, this could be a historic day for the Big East. Potentially sending four teams to the Sweet 16, the most they've sent since reconfiguration 10 years ago. So root for the Big East, y'all. Go Big East. That's going to do it. I'll catch you tomorrow for another edition of the Igloo.